Welcome to the world of digital sound. Welcome, welcome, good people in the internet. This is Ken. This is the Ken Burton Show, whatever you want to call it, podcast story, uh, first one of 2020. Jesus Christ, who the fuck thought that we would ever get this far? Um, <laughs> it's it's just crazy to think back at it, really. Um, I'm going to do these in a different way now. I've I've got about another 20 of these to do. Um, and that's the ones that I've got written. Uh, so in total, I've got 150. Okay, that's how many podcasts I've got. And, you know, th there will be, I'm sure, other stories that I think about as time goes on. But for now, I've got 150 of these. And uh, what I've done is I've put a disclaimer as my trailer on my YouTube channel. So, you know, I don't have to keep going through it every time. And also, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go through the whole what we did and what we do and repoing cars and all the rest of it. If you want, if you want the backstory, listen to some of the earlier podcasts, okay? But this one, we're going to go straight in. Now, I'm going to smoke during this. Apologies for that. Um, and I, I, I will occasionally take a drink, so apologies for that. All right, I'm going to light the fag up now. Hold on. Mm. Mm. Smoky. Uh, okay, so it is the 29th as I'm recording this, and I'm looking back on a really interesting year. Um, <laughs> it's, it, I, I've got to confess, it, it's been difficult the past few years. Um, I've struggled a lot with diabetes. I've struggled a lot with being bipolar. Um, th these were things I never expected in my life. And when, especially the blokes watching this, you, you think of yourself as you're a man, you're strong, you're the protector, you're the provider. And, and no matter that whether or not you're, you're so with it that, you know, um, you, you are completely the modern man. Doesn't matter. Push comes to shove. If your missus is being threatened, you're going to dive in, right? It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And if that isn't you, then, you know, maybe you are ultra modern man. I don't know. But I mean, for the, for the majority of men, that's the way we feel about life. You know, push comes to shove. We're the one that's going to go in the burning building. Okay. We, <laughs> we're the one that's going to climb the tree to save the kitten. And it's, it's that sort of thing. Well, when you get some form of medical bollocks going on in your life, it weakens you and it weakens your resolve. And you know, for me, the biggest thing about it for me, it sapped my confidence. And I, I used to be a really confident person, but now I'm not that. And I'm not that because of events that have happened over the past few years. Um, and it's kind of, it's, it's dragged me down. I feel now that I'm just on the way back up again. Um, but I do feel it. I do feel it. And, and times, you know, it can be difficult. At times it can be bloody difficult. At times I was very, very close to the edge there. Um, but I think I've come back from that. I think I'm, I'm different now and I'm, I'm finding myself again. 
and I'm coming to terms with all the medical bullshit that's going on in my life and um, hopefully hopefully I'll I'll manage it better and I'll I'll deal with it better and I'll come out of it a stronger person than I went in hopefully I think this is going to be my year I genuinely think 2020 is going to be my year but let's see let's wait and see so this particular podcast story let's let's get into this um and as I say disclaimers and all that on the trailer go and watch the trailer uh one of the patrons um one of the people on patreon contacted me and he said do you know what would be interesting how it all started where did you go to get where you are now and i had to think about that and it's not one of the ones i'd written but the more i thought about it the more i thought that might be interesting so let me tell you what happened and it's really really simple and this is quite a short podcast so you know, just kind of bear with me. Oh, more, more cigarette. Oh, shit, it's gone out. Jesus. Mm. Bloody hell, I'm on fire now. <coughs> oh, my God. It's that time of year. It's not the smoking, promise you. Hold on. Mm. Right, so let's go on with it. So, um... Let me take you back to when I was, I think I must have been 15. And uh, where we were in Coventry, our school was called Whitley Abbey. Subsequently knocked down and bulldozed. Not really surprising. It was a fucking shithole of a school. It genuinely was. You learned to smoke, drink, uh, fight. Um, you learnt... Um, you learned how to avoid having your ass kicked. Uh, it, it just wasn't a great school. It was an inner city comprehensive at its worst. We had teachers that you would not believe. We, we had one particular maths teacher. Literally, all she did was on a Monday, she filled a fucking blackboard full of shit. And then every lesson subsequent to that, you went in, and you just worked through this blackboard with a list of fucking problems on it. That's all you did. She never spoke to us. She, <laughs> she never opened her mouth. In fact, the one time I heard her open her mouth, she was an angry woman. My mate at school, um, he, um, no easy way to say this, he farted loudly and everybody erupted. Everybody thought it was hilarious. She got up with a ruler in her hand and started hitting him. And that lasted for about five minutes until another teacher came in the room and stopped her. Right? <laughs> That's the sort of school I went to. I'll, t I'll just tell you about the woodwork teacher. Jesus Christ. Mm. So we're all in woodwork. And uh, one of the guys who I went to school with, his dad was a carpenter. And this woodwork teacher, angry bastard he was, angry, angry man. Um, and he subsequently, we learned he had a bit of an alcohol problem. But um, we're, we're all, you know, 30 of us, obviously, in this class, all like doing woodwork. And we're all playing around making mortise and tenon joints. And um, uh, this guy said, 
well, my dad said you need to do it this way. And that this fucking teacher erupted and said, I don't give a flying fuck what your fucking dad said. Get out of my fucking class. And uh, this kid, all pound to his elbow, just went, you're a fucking prick, mate. And he went to walk out the room and the teacher threw a chisel at him <laughs> from across the room. It went past at least 10 kids and stuck in the wall. <laughs> right? <laughs> he threw a chisel at the lad. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, and nothing happened. Nothing happened to the guy. You know, next week he's back in the classroom. We're back in there with him. It's unbelievable. We had an art teacher that got one of the students pregnant. Um, and... Uh, Oh, God, it, it was just that sort of place. One other incident I'll tell you about. Right? One other incident. Um, when I was in my first year, there was a group of guys at the top end. They were in the fifth year, and they were... Oh, they were not to be messed with. They, <laughs> they were serious guys. You cross one of them, you got your head flushed down a toilet. You just did. Uh, or you got a uniform ripped, or they set fire to you. One of the, you know these things happened, and um, these lads left when I was about in the fourth year. Now one of these lads had a sister, and the sister up on the uh, fields because right at the back of the school there used to be these playing fields up a bloody great big bank, and then at the top were the playing fields uh, with the football pitches and the running track and all that. And uh, one of the girls was up there and we were all smoking. We all went up there smoking. And um, she got into a kind of play fight with a couple of lads. And one of them apparently, apologies for this, slipped in a cheeky finger. Right. So she went running off crying and all the rest of it and was sent home. And the following day, five guys... We stood on the top of the field and five guys started walking up the bank and they were these fifth years that we used to know back in the day. Long since left school, but they were back in the school and um, they were heading towards this lad and his mates. The teacher tried to intervene. Uh, the teacher was grabbed around the throat pushed to the ground and held while four guys gave a particular lad the biggest beating I have ever seen in my life and I've seen people killed they kicked the fuck out of this guy I mean they didn't just beat him up they didn't just smack him around they had this guy and kept standing him up and knocking him down, standing him up, and knocking him down. They got his arm up his back at one point, and uh, one of them had an arm, and the other one had his arm up his back, and the guy in the front was just punching this guy in the stomach. And <coughs> to start off with, this kid was making some really nasty screaming noises, but after that, fuck me, he didn't make a noise, he couldn't speak. Well, the end result of that was um, police being called. And uh, obviously they came up to a lot of us and said, uh, what happened, what happened? Oh, I didn't see anything, mate, wasn't there. You know, usual story. Um, but 
this guy we later found out had um, fractures on both legs both of his arms were broken one of his uh, arms was dislocated he had four broken ribs he had a broken jaw broken nose he'd lost the hearing in one ear and the sight in one eye wow and that that, that is just that was just very very typical of my school you got on the wrong side of somebody it would be life-changing life-changing easy as that so anyway i i had a group in school uh as you all do you know you have your mates and uh where our school was located we had to walk um to get home uh down a long road and then onto a path and then down abbey road which was another long road and then onto London Road and, you know, all the way to where we lived uh, in Willanore. And uh, it was a bit of a trek. So we, along with a lot of others, came up with um, a great idea that we could actually cut a lot of this time out by walking through the woods. So what we would do is end of, end of class we would uh, meet up uh, at the beginning of the woods we'd go through the woods and uh, it was quite a long wood but we we would go through the woods and we found a lovely path going through and um, at the end of these woods would be would be a field and then there was a load of allotments on the left and a bit of a driveway where people would park their cars for the allotments uh, and then we'd walk across the field straight onto london road probably cut about 10 minutes out of the journey so and we did this all the time we went to school that way we went we came home that way that was always always a way we did it so on this particular day right um <laughs> we we were on our way home and uh we'd had the usual shitty day at school and we're all smoking and we're all laughing and joking we're walking through the woods and the next thing we know, we can hear bushes rustling in front of us. And we're thinking, is that a dog or something? Is that a fucking animal in here? And then this bloke appears with a bag in his hand. All right. Now, I guess you'd describe, describe it as a duffel bag. Um, but, you know, like, to, how to describe it? You know, like with the, the, you see these army guys with a duffel bag. It was one of those. It was like a duffel bag. Now, this guy was so out of place. He was wearing a shirt and tie. He was wearing trousers and shoes. Uh, he had a jacket on, although his jacket was ripped. Um, he looked fairly well cut, although he looked like he'd been through the wars. And um, he came running towards us. And he said, how do I get out of here? And we said, you go that way, mate, and that'll take you to the school. Or if you go that way, that will take you across a field, jump a wall, and that will take you to um, basically Stichel, sort of end of town. And uh, it, it just kind of, he just kind of stopped for a minute 
And you could see the wheels turning in his brain. He didn't have a clue what to do. And we were really quite, I wouldn't say we were frightened, but we didn't know what was going on. And it was, it was difficult. We were, we're 15 years old and it was, it was just difficult. And this guy said to us, as, as he was looking one way and then looking the other way, he said, where are you from? I said, Willinor. He said, and he gave me, you know, he said, do you know where such and such address is? And it was in the precinct uh, in Willinor. Now, I knew it quite well. I didn't go down there very often unless I was accompanied. Fucking dangerous place that was. But um, I said, yeah, yeah, I know it. He said, I'm trusting you now. He said, do this for me. Do this for me. There'll be something in it for you. And he gave me this duffel bag. And he said, spend 10 minutes, he said, and just hide because I'm being followed. And I was like, you can't be fucking joking me. I thought, all right, fair enough. So he gave me this duffel bag and I thought, well, it might be a couple of quid in it. So... I took this duffel bag and me and the three guys that I was with, we um, went off the path and we went into what used to be an abbey, I think. It, it was probably very ancient. The only thing that was left of this abbey was like um, the foundations of it, a few of the foundations of the brick. And um, there was a little bit of a uh, little bit of stone wall and stuff, but it had all overgrown. It was like in a dip. Um, and I'll tell you what it looked like. It looked like a bomb had hit this place, maybe during World War Two, because obviously Coventry got fucking leveled. Um, and if a bomb had hit, it, it, it leaves a crater. And at the bottom of this crater, you see the foundations or the footings for these for this old abbey. So anyway, we went down there and I must admit, we knew it because when whenever we do games at school, if it was running or football or whatever, we'd piss off into the woods and go and hide in the dip. And we used to call it that, the dip. There was the dip, the swamp, there was a river uh, and then there was like three paths. Um, we used to call them first path, second path, third path. Yeah, we had this place mapped out well. So anyway, we got in there, we hung about for 10 minutes, and um, sure enough, loads of footsteps, loads of people running through the woods. I thought, fucking hell. Now this guy had shot off, he was gone. He was out of it. And uh, there we are with this duffel bag. And I said to the boys, wonder what's in it? <laughs> and the, the guys I was with just went, don't, just fucking don't. Yeah, maybe you're right. So anyway, we came, we left it 10 minutes. So all the footsteps had gone. We uh, got back on the path. We went to where the exit was to the woods. And um, the whole of this little road next to the allotments was fucking police cars. Absolutely wall-to-wall -wall police cars. Oh, and there's a police van. And there was fucking coppers everywhere. Well, I mean, we discussed it between us and said, there's no way I'm walking through that with this. Fucking joking, it could be anything. But we knew a different way. 
Now, being sort of 15 and having grown up in the area, you get to know things like, uh, for instance, that there is a kind of hidden path that runs the length of the river. And that river runs all the way from where we were, right underneath London Road, uh, down into uh, Willenhall. And, you know, you, you're pretty well covered, actually, through there. Um, so we decided we'd go on that path. So we did. We got on that path. We got pretty far. We got to about where the uh, London Road was. And obviously for the London Road, it was like a bridge. And there was coppers on this bridge. And uh, <clears throat> again, police cars everywhere. Well, we started like trying to crawl through. Somebody heard us. And this copper went, you lot, you lot, stop there, stop there. Have you seen anybody? And we just went, no, no, we're just pissing around, we're just going home. He said, are you sure? Have you seen a man? No, no, we haven't. So, and of course, we're all carrying rucksacks, so, you know, for school. So he didn't bat an eyelid at the fact we'd got this duffel bag. Go on, on your way and get out of here. Go on, fuck off. So we did, and we went into Wollanall. And what we did was we basically took a bit of a corner uh, and, then, uh, and then we went through, um, oh, Jesus Christ. We went through, oh, how to describe this. <sighs> Probably one of the most dangerous areas you can ever imagine. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you for why. Um, <laughs> watch Gavin and Stacey over Christmas. Brilliant. So I, uh, there was a road, right? I think it was called remembrance road and at the end of this road was a school that doubled as a church all since knocked down they've built a church all right but back in those days remembrance road was like a long road uh with spurs coming off it and each one of these spurs had what you can only describe as a military hut in these military style huts that is where uh, what we would now call care in the community uh, people were. And it was it also acted as a halfway house for criminals. And there were maybe 20 of these huts all the way up Remembrance Road. Now remember, you are talking about ex-pedophiles, ex-rapists, ex-murderers, and a whole shitload of the mentally ill nutters who lived in these fabricated military-style huts. Well, walking up Remembrance Road was like taking your life in your hands because uh, these guys were... They were just fucking nuts. We wouldn't even ride our bikes down there. It was that bad. But... It was the quickest way to my house, which is where we decided to go. We weren't going to go directly into Willanall, not wearing our school uniforms, because we would meet up with other kids who were also wearing school uniforms from different schools, and we would get our asses kicked all the way to Mars. So we decided to go back to my house. So we walked up Remembrance Road, and we ran the gauntlet. We pretty much ran up that hill, up that road, 
closely followed, I might add, by at least three of these nutcases who came out the prefabs going, Oi, kid, oi, come here, come here. Oh, my God, it was fucking scary. Anyway, um, top of Remembrance Road, turn right, bang, my house. So um, I dumped the uh, duffel bag in the shed on my way in. The other boys went home, said, I'll see you in an hour. Let's go and get changed, have something to eat, and then we'll go and deliver this thing. So um, anyway, uh, sure enough, hour later, we got our shit together. We all got on our bikes and went down to Willinall Precinct. And round the back of Willinall Precinct, this particular address, set of stairs onto what was um, like only two-story type flats, two-bedroom flats. And uh, we knocked on the door with this duffel bag. And bloke answered the door. What the fuck you want? I said, well, some bloke gave us this bag and told us to bring it here. And he said that there might be something in it for us. And he looked at us, absolutely gone out. He looked at us as if we'd grown under the head. And he went, you fucking little angels come in and we went inside this flat well he then got on the phone and what he said was we've got it yeah some kids have just brought it around he gave it to them in the woods up in uh, up in uh, Whitley yeah yeah no problem no problem mate brilliant okay and he put the phone down. He opened the bag, looked inside, and then he looked at us, and he said, have you taken anything out of the bag? I said, mate, we ain't even fucking looked in the bag. And he looked at all of us, and then he looked at my mate, went, is that true? I said, yeah, we only looked in the bag. He went, you are fucking angels, you kids, you are fucking angels. He pulls out, three crisp £10 notes and gave one to each of us. Ten quid! Ten fucking quid! I'm rich! <laughs> Listen, this is back in the days where it was 50p for a packet of fags, you know? And so, so it, was, it was nice having ten quid. I mean, that's birthday money, that's Christmas money. And all of a sudden, for taking a bag from A to B, We've got 10 quid. So anyway, we um, we all went back to my house. We jumped, we left our bikes, jumped on the bus, went to town, and we went to the best fish and chip shop in Coventry. And we had some fish and chips. Fucking brilliant. We'd already eaten, but fuck it, we got 10 quid. And um, that is basically how it started. From there, it was probably about six, eight weeks later, and I was in the precinct with my mum, and uh, I was getting my hair cut, actually. Yeah, I was getting my hair cut. And she was in, like, there were a load of shops in this precinct, and she was in the knitting shop, and I'm in the barber's. Sat next to me 
reading the dirty mags because it was a proper barber. Sat next to me is this guy that I'd handed the bag to. And he looked at me and he went, fuck, I know you from. I said, uh, I'm the guy that gave you the bag. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah. He said, I didn't get your name. He said, Ken. Right, right. He said, you did well that day. I said, well, we just did what we were told. He said, you know, we could probably use somebody who does what he's told. Every now and then, like, if you're interested. I said, at that sort of money, I'm definitely fucking interested. <laughs> he said, uh, I'll tell you what. He said, you meet me tomorrow. Entrance to the pre, precinct, that was. And bring two of your mates. And that was basically how it all started. That first job, and again, we got 10 quid a piece for doing it, was standing on a street corner, three of us, different street corners, and basically we've got a little notebook and we're writing down registration numbers. Now, that used to be a hobby for some kids back in the day, so it wasn't a strange thing to do. Kids used to do that, just write registration numbers down. Like train spotting, only cars. And that was the first job we did. And then a couple of hours later, he picked us up, collected our notes as to what registration numbers we'd got, and gave us 10 quid each. And that's how it started. As easy as that. I got to know him quite well. Um, he was, in relation to the family, he was um, one, two, three, four tiers down. He was fourth tier down. And, yeah, I got to know him quite well. We all did. And he ended up being a great bloke. Funny as fuck. And I remember one day, years later, asking him what was in the bag. And he said, um, oh, he said, uh, that was a um, uh, night's takings. I said, really? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said it was um, night's takings or a wages drop, something like that. So some poor sod had gone to the bank to get the wages, pay the workers, or... He got the night's takings to go to the bank. Either way, I never quite kind of worked out which. Either way, he'd obviously been robbed by the guy we met in the woods. <laughs> and all the dosh was in this duffel bag. And uh, our friend, he said, that was a pretty good score, you know. And the guy that we met in the woods, we got to know him quite well as well. Um, although not for very long because he went to Birmingham. He went to uh, uh, Solihull um, not long after we... I was, well, it was a couple of years and we started drinking in the pubs. Um, and that's when we got to kind of sit down and, you know, have a laugh. See, the first time we went to the pub, we were all 16. And this guy 
had said to us uh, because we'd done Christ maybe done half a dozen things for him and he said uh, I think you want to come down and have a drink and so we were like well we're fucking 16 <laughs> so can we have a drink and uh, we went into this pub he was uh, in there when we arrived and he went have a seat over there so we sat down at this table and he brought over three pints and that was the first time I ever drank in a pub uh, and he introduced us uh, to a lower end member of the family who we, we again got to know very well and he came over and just thanked us thanked us and, and just you know he was just just pleased with what we did and how we did it. And that's where it all started. Chance encounter. Chance encounter. Man in the woods. But that's that's basically how it happened. Had he have not been there that day, had we have not been there that day, if we'd have walked home the normal way or whatever, I know maybe my life would have taken a completely different direction. Um, I'd I'd pretty much had no interest in uh, getting involved with these people, and I, I knew who the family was. Everybody knew who the family was. I never thought for one second that I'd end up working for them. Crazy thing. But that's the answer to your question, my friend. That is how it started, and um, the initial three of us uh, became five of us became seven of us, became ten of us, and then became a group of about 20, I guess. People going in and out of our group. And over the years, that's kind of how we um, how we got together. So, that's the answer to your question. I hope that helps. This has been Ken. This has been the first podcast story for 2020. And uh, the next one, interestingly enough, uh, is hopefully I'll get it recorded before the end of January. But it's a little bit tricky. Oh dear, I'm going to step on some toes here. I've had to contact somebody in fucking Thailand. I had to track somebody down who now lives in Thailand. Yeah, thank fuck for social media. And uh, I've had to ask him, you know, can I do this story? Because <laughs> it is more about him than it is me. But there you go. Uh, so looking forward to that. And uh, I will talk to you all in January. Have a very, very happy new year, all of you. As always, thank you very much for listening. And I will, as ever, see you on the dark side. You will take care now. Welcome to the world of digital sound. <laughs>